0: morning, and hope you guys had a good weekend. I was just, um, the second song, I think it was, that we we sang, it says, We'll Stand Unaffected by the Chaos. A little later in the song, we will cling to what you've promised. And I just kind of think, you know, here we've had 9-11 yesterday, and we're remembering back 20 years, and um, we see what's going on in our world today. Um, And I think more and more as we... um, move forward. We're going to, as Christians, really be um, tested. And are we really going to live out? Are we really going to cling to the promises that God has given us? Are we going to live out what God calls us to do? Are we going to truly um, truly follow through with loving sacrificially? And um, so we've got some interesting days ahead, and we know from God's Word that these days were planned, and God has them um, in his, in his hands. He's working out his plan. I just want to take a moment and pray and pray for our country as we remember 9-11 for the families who lost loved ones. We, uh, we have a personal friend of ours whose sister was killed in the Pentagon, um, 20 years ago. And, um, so it hit close to our family as well. Let me go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we, uh, we thank you for the day. Uh, we thank you for the beautiful day, the opportunity to be here in this air, air-conditioned building uh, in relative peace that much of the world doesn't know. Um, Father, forgive us because we take it for granted. Um, we get caught up in our lives and what we want to do each day because we have the freedom to do that. And uh, oftentimes we forget what's going on in the world and. Um, the atrocities, the evil that's in this world. But we know, Father, that you know about it, that you are aware of it, that you are working your plan in it. And so we want to be able to trust you. We ask that you'd help us to trust you. Um, Father, I pray for those families who are still dealing with the loss um, of those who perished on that day 20 years ago and um, Pray that you would work in their lives, that you would draw them to you for salvation if they don't know you. Um, Father, that you would help us as, as followers of Christ to truly grasp the importance of living out what Christ has called us to live out. A life worthy of the God that we worship, a life worthy of the gospel that we've been given. Because we have tough days ahead and we need to be ready to sacrifice and to, to share and to walk with people as they go through difficult times. And so thank you for the opportunity you've given us to do that. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Well, we're finishing up our series, Redacted. And does everybody understand what it means to redact a document? We we struggled with this title because most people, we found out, didn't really understand what redacted is. So you have a top secret uh, document that the government has, and they want to release it for the information. But they don't want all the information out, so they redact some of it. You can't read it, and that's so you can't say it. You can't read it, and that's kind of the whole idea of what we were talking about. Maybe I should explain that four weeks ago. It would have helped some of you guys going, redacted, redacted, what is that? But last several weeks, as you know, we've been dealing with um, some pretty intense topics some issues in our culture that um, we're told by social media, by the news media, by Hollywood, by politicians that we're not to be able, not able to say anymore. And we've kind of come at it from a standpoint of not so much, you know, putting information out there about why those things are wrong and why we should be able to speak about those things, but how do we as Christians bring that truth to people, um, knowing that we're we're not supposed to say it, but how do we do that? And so hopefully it's been helpful for you. Hopefully it's been encouraging for you to have some of that information, but then also to maybe have the tools, information necessary to talk to other people. Um, and uh, moving forward, because our ultimate goal, again, as we've been talking about, is not to make more moral sinners. Uh, our goal is to see people come to Christ and have their sins forgiven in a relationship with Christ-established and then let him move them forward in their life and as to what God wants to call them to be and do. And and speaking of Jesus, that kind of brings us to our, our last one that we're talking about this week. And that is the truth you can't say anymore is that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Um, so Jesus, who we believe is God, right, God the Son, became man, said this in John fourteen six that I am the way, the truth. And the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. There's a, a LifeWay survey that came out in 2014. Three thousand people that said, uh, "You go to the, the next uh, back to go to the survey," or yeah, there you go. So, uh, so there are many ways to heaven. So, of, of all Americans, you know, three thousand Americans not. Necessarily believers, are not believers. Religious, or not religious. Forty-five percent said there are, there are many ways to heaven. Um, it's it's interesting when you start looking at the other um, categories there. That uh, those who are considered Christians—we put in parentheses—Christians, um, you know, like the Catholic faith. Evidently, a bunch of them believe that there's more ways to heaven than. Just Jesus, evangelicals—that would be who we are, people who believe. So, understand, nineteen percent believe there's more, another way or more ways to God than Jesus. But one of the key things about being an evangelical is you believe that Jesus Christ and Christ alone is the way to salvation. So, we've got some work to do for these nineteen percent um, who are thinking, "Oh, hey," and only in ninety percent of them believe that heaven is a real place. So, ten percent. don 't um, so anyways just it's just kind of interesting that there people believe that there are many ways to God in that survey seventy one percent of Americans believe you must contribute some effort to your salvation, but Jesus himself says that this belief is wrong, so why does he say that it's wrong like what why is that wrong that there's other ways to heaven or to God, or that you need to work and do something for them. And so that's the question we're going to look at this morning. So what we're doing here this morning is if you're here this morning and, and you're thinking, yeah, there's a bunch of different ways you can get to heaven, or you're thinking, man, I need to do some things in order to help God get me to heaven. I want you to understand that we're going to give you a real, uh, I really, was really trying to keep it simple uh, and straightforward this morning. Uh, My notes are only two pages long. That's shocking. Um, So man, we're going to get done like by noon. This is going to be great. Uh, But I'm really trying to keep it concise. All right. So if you're here and you're one of uh, a person in one of those two categories, I want you to focus in, take notes if you need to. Uh, I'll give you my notes at the end of the service if you need. But I want you to Catch what Jesus says here and what the Apostle Paul says in these few verses that we're going to look at this morning. They're all throughout the Bible, but we're going to look at just a few verses. If you're here this morning and you've placed your faith in Christ at some point in the past, then what you need to be doing is you need to be taking down these notes and you need to be asking God, okay, God, help me to take this and make it part of my life and then how would I share that to those in my life who need Christ and thinking through that we had seven people at our reach class yesterday and um and that class is about how do you share your faith in a a kind of a personal and um, normal way if you want to put it that way um so you can talk to them after the service they got it nailed down they know exactly what they're doing now so seven people that's great um all right. So, are you ready for this? So, here's the first reason why there are not many ways to heaven, and you can't help God with this. And it's found in Romans three twenty three. It's just a very, very short verse, and it says, "For all, how many people? All. So there's, so everyone who's ever lived on the earth or will live on the earth." all oh, okay yeah all right except for jesus for all have sinned and fall short of the glory or the perfection of god the, the word sin there and you can there's the greek there just because you so you guys know that we're actually breaking down what scripture says sin there means to to miss the mark and as a result of that not win the prize so as we're thinking about sin what is sin sin is that we 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 missed the mark. We we haven't hit the bullseye. We're not going to win the prize. Our sin has caused us to fall short. That means to be inferior, to not measure up to God's glory. Who is God? God is perfect. He's holy. In other words, without sin. He is sinless. We have missed that mark. We have fallen short of that. We are not perfect. We are not holy. We're not sinless. And so we fall short of that. We've sinned against God. And only God can deal with our sin. And either He's going to be. Um, so, so when we think about breaking a law, a person breaks the law, goes before the judge, and the judge says, You're guilty we would say then that a good judge would do what? Judge. judge them, yeah. Punish them some way. Give them something. Go to the jail, you know, whatever. Now, of course, that didn't happen during the riots. Um, at least some of the riots that, that didn't happen to. Some other riots, evidently, it's still happening for people. We won't get into that. But So we look at a judge who says, ah, you're free. And we, whoa, 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 that's, that's not that's not right. you are got to be a good judge. You need to judge them. Of course, if it was us, we're very like, no, no, you'll be, you know, good judge, let me off. No, a good judge judges. Or he can say, I'm going to let you off. But a good judge judges. Now, some people would argue, well, okay, but my, my sin isn't really that bad. I mean, compare me to some other people. I'm really not that bad. I'm a pretty good person. And one of the things that maybe we're looking at our legal system and we're saying, um, you know, there's different crimes and different crimes have different levels of judgment. You know, so some people are on probation. Some people have community service. Some people are sent to prison for a certain amount of time. Some people, you know, capital punishment, you know, whatever. So then we kind of may think with God, maybe it's that same way. Maybe, you know, if I don't do a whole lot, maybe it's a little bit easier to kind of slide in to heaven. But Jesus, again, deals with this in a pretty straightforward way. It's in Matthew chapter 5. And so he says this, You've heard that the ancients, and he's talking about their Jewish ancestors, were told you shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. And we're all like, yes, right? Somebody commits murder, they need to be judged for that, right? We all get that. But then he goes on and he says this, but I say to you that everyone who is angry, in the Greek that word means to be exasperated. Anybody ever been exasperated with somebody before? Oh, you're admitting it. Okay, good. <laughs> no, no, not me. Anybody who is angry with his brother or sister shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you good for nothing or you're, you're worthless shall be guilty before the supreme court. And whoever says, you fool, that the Greek word is uh, moranos, which we get our word moron from. Uh, whoever says you fool or you're stupid shall be guilty enough to go into the fiery hell. Again, we all agree murderers should be judged. And that murderers shouldn't go to heaven because they've murdered. But Jesus, God the Son, God the one who wrote the laws by which we live, coming out of scripture, says that if you are angry with someone, that's enough to send you into an eternity separated from him in, in a fiery hell, as he calls it. See, because here's the deal. Sin is a heart issue. Sin is at our core of who we are. So anger is the sin it may come out in some other sinful activities, some sinful responses, but sin is our heart issue. It's what our hearts are filled with. And no amount, it's not the amount or the severity of our sinful actions that keep us from being with God for eternity. It's our heart. It's the sin that's in us. So that's the bad news. Right. and and Many people struggle to hear that. They, they don't want to hear that truth about who they are. But we, we've all, we're all there. Every one of us in this room. We're all identical that way. We're all sinners. And if God doesn't do something about it, that's where we're left. As sinners. But the great thing about God is that He did do something. Again, it's all throughout the Bible that tells us. We're just going to look at a couple of verses And so look what God tells us in Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. We all understand wages, right? We have jobs. We put in our 40, 50, 60, 100 hours a week, and we get a paycheck. That's our, our wage, all right? So the wages of our sin is death, what we earn. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the paycheck for our sin, the wages that we receive for our sin is death. Spiritual death. It's separation from God for eternity in hell. A criminal can't remove their judgment. No matter how many good deeds they do, they can't remove the judgment. The judgment is there. Same thing with us. Our sin has caused us to have judgment hanging over our heads and no matter how many good things we do, we can't get rid of that judgment. It's there. The criminal has to put their life into the hands of the judge and do the time unless the judge chooses to let them off. But left to ourselves... Unless God does something, the only thing we can do is do the time God has for us. Here's another incredible thing. God did step in. He does offer us a way out. He offers us a gift. See, He's a, he's a good judge. And so He will judge people for their sin, but he's also a merciful judge. And so he's willing to give us a gift. Now we all understand what a gift is, right? If you're a first-time attender and you go to the information center after the service, you're going to receive a gift. And its I don't know if anybody has one of those coffee tumblers on them, but black coffee tumbler filled with chocolate, you know, that's a gift. Now if you were to say to us, or for any of us, if we were to give you guys that gift, And then you would say, well, let me give you some money for it. No, 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 now you're purchasing it. Well, let me do some work around a building. No, 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 now you're working for it. It's a gift. You don't do anything for a gift. Except receive it. Appreciate the fact. And so he gives us a free gift that we don't pay for. We don't try to work off. It's something that he gives to us, and it's in the form of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So some people would be like, oh, you know, wait, so I thought you said a bad judge will let people off. Well, yes and no, because God, the Son, became man. He said, hey, listen, I want to take that judgment. I want to take Harold's judgment on myself. And so the gift is Jesus Christ who died for us. Look what Romans 5.8 says. But God demonstrates his own love toward us. It's his own love. He loves us. In that while we were yet sinners. So think about it. And especially those of us who have placed our faith in Christ, this has been a reality to us. We understand this. And maybe this is the first time some of you are hearing this. While a sinner, Christ died for us because God loves us. While a sinner. Notice he doesn't say, hey, get your life figured out first. Clean yourself up first. Start doing some good things first. And then maybe you'll be good enough. And then it'll work. That's the whole, hey, I need to contribute. We've got nothing to contribute we're sinners. And so it's, it's something that Christ has done for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And for us today, we definitely understand that because that happened you know, 2,000 years ago, and yet he still died for me, even though I came a long time later. God shows us how much he loves us by having christ die for us he took our eternal judgment on himself so he's done all the work he died our eternal death there is literally nothing more we can do even if god you know there's just there's just nothing more we can do you can't add to that and we have to be okay with that and we have to appreciate the fact that God would do something like that, and then just simply accept the gift. So how does one receive the gift? We're staying in Romans. It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from your sin and saved from eternity in hell. The judgment. You're going to be saved from the judgment. For with the heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth, he confesses, resulting in salvation. Salvation from sin, salvation from hell. The word believe there, it doesn't mean just to have a mental assent. It doesn't mean like, oh, I know the facts. And there's a lot of people who attend church who know the facts. They know a lot about who God is, they know a lot about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. It's up in their head but it hasn't moved at whatever 18 inches into the heart. And so it's, it's to entrust one's spiritual well-being in Jesus, or to Jesus, saying that I've got nothing to bring to this transaction except me, a sinner. And so I'm entrusting myself to Christ. I'm believing in Christ. So what are we believing We're believing what God has said about who Jesus Christ is. The fact that he is Lord, that he died on the cross in our place, he was our substitute, and that he rose again to defeat our sin and our future in hell. And when we believe that, then we confess that. So belief is just something that we are entrusting ourselves to. Confessing is just acknowledging that. Just and it, You know, people say, well, do we need to pray? Or do we need to pray? I, you know, my response is, if somebody gives me a gift, I usually say, thank you. I don't go, you know, walk away. We got to say thank you. So we confess with our mouths. We, we have a conversation with God. We call a prayer. I just like to say, it's a, it's a conversation with God where we acknowledge that. And say, I believe I'm a sinner. I believe I'm separated from you, and I will be for eternity if I if you don't do something. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, and I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm trusting in Christ, in Christ alone. I'm not gonna be one of the nineteen percent of the evangelicals who think there's something something else I must do. That's in Christ, in Christ alone. And in that, we receive God's righteousness. So God's Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And we've talked about this in other sermons where he washes us clean. He gives us spiritual life. He's the one who takes us through this life and empowers us to do life God's way. And then he's our guarantee that we'll go to heaven one day. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all working together to ensure that we will have eternity with God. Only through faith in Jesus Christ and what He did on the cross and His resurrection. So, what are the takeaways? If the band comes up, really, it's pretty simple. We have two simple takeaways. First is just a question: Are you uncertain of heaven? Are you Unsure about where you'll spend eternity. Maybe in the past you've even prayed a prayer, and but you're still today going, "Yeah, I'm not really sure." We were talking about this yesterday. I have people in my office all the time who will, you know, be like, "You know, I'm, I'm not really sure." And my mom told me, or my dad told me, or they said that I was baptized, and you know, they'll start throwing in a lot of church stuff, and that, so I'll say to them, "Is hey, like, listen, whatever happened in the past happened in the past." Let's just make today the day that we know. nine, 12, 21. Let's make today the day that you know that you've placed your faith in Christ. Now, if you've done this before, if you've sat in our service or if you've whatever, if you've done this before, you don't need to do this again. Spiritual birth happens one time. It's just like physical birth in that sense. And so if you've done this before, thank the Lord that he has saved you and we got to take away for you in a second. Don't don't put it up there yet. Don't want to give any heads up to anybody. I want you guys to be on the edge of your seat. What is it? But if you're here this morning and you're uncertain, then I want to challenge you to have that conversation with God. And so what I what I want to do for you is is I'd like to lead you in a prayer. And I don't, you know, again, the prayer doesn't save you. And some people, I'm not really sure exactly. You talk so fast, Pastor. I don't don't really know what i'm what i'm supposed to say but if you know in your heart you're like i know i need to know for sure that i have a relationship with god that i'm going to go to heaven one day then i want to i want to lead you in a prayer that you would you'll say your heart to god's heart again prayer doesn't save you just you acknowledging that you're a sinner that you need christ and you're asking god for forgiveness so just everybody close your eyes and bow your heads again no one looking around just if, if you're here this morning like, man, I, I need to make that happen, then just simply pray a prayer like this. Say, God, I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm separated from you. But I also now know and believe I'm entrusting myself to Jesus Christ, that he died my eternal death. And that he rose from the dead to defeat my sin and my judgment. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I'm trusting in Christ and Christ alone for my salvation. Thank you for forgiveness for your Holy Spirit who now dwells in me. In Christ's name, amen. Just keep your eyes closed. If you've prayed that prayer, I I would love to know that. And we have a little... um, little bag that has some information in it for you, too. So you just raise your hand up, just put it up real quick, and put it back down. Thanks. I see that. Anybody else? Thanks. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, I thank you for um, those who rose their hand and raised their hand. And uh, I pray, Lord, that um, that your word says that you will confirm in their hearts in their spirit, that they are a child of God. And I ask that you would do that, and that you would give them that sense of that you have them in your hand, and that you will take them to heaven one day with you. Now here on earth, they have a new purpose, to do life your way, to represent you before others so others can know who you are, and to see them come to Christ as well. Thank you, Lord, for that in Christ's name. Amen. And the last one, because I know you guys are on the edge of your seat, is, are you certain of heaven? You know, you're sitting there going, yeah, man. You know, praise the Lord. I, I put my faith in Christ, and I'm, I'm going to heaven one day. I know it. Excited about it. Well, then, we have a purpose for living. Otherwise, you know, why didn't God just take us right to heaven? Pray, accept Christ, boom, gone. Right? No, we got a purpose. And a big part of that purpose is living lives that represent Christ so that other people see that and say, hey, why are you different? Why, why are you able to go through what you go through the way you do? And they say, I, I've placed my faith in Christ. And so we need to be praying for the people in our lives who don't know Christ, and then we need to be asking God, give me opportunities to share my life what we talked about last week and to share this message that they could have forgiveness of their sins, God's Holy Spirit in their life, and certainty for the future. That's our responsibility. That's our privilege that we get to do and be a part of. Let's go ahead and stand. and We'll close with a song.